Hello, I am Dr. Tyra Lindsay Warren, host of this podcast, Real Values, Real News. As the founder of the Waco Family and Faith International Film Festival in Waco, Texas, as well as a film, theater, and live events producer, I wanted to create an entertainment program where everyone who is a fan of film, entertainment, the performing arts, could come and feel welcomed. Therefore, this is a space where we can discuss the film and entertainment industry and the real, R-E-E-L, values that can exist and or should exist in the business. We also will have fun discussing the latest films and artistic projects by well-known filmmakers and artists that you know and those who you may not know and are up and coming. Ultimately, I believe that the power of storytelling in films and more can open hearts and minds so that we can all perhaps treat each other a little better, love each other a little better, and truly realize our full humanity and that we are more alike than we are different. Sounds good? So let's get started. here today with one of my dear friends and sorority sisters, Miss Courtney Parker. Miss Parker is the CEO of Lost in Thought Productions, but more importantly to me, she is a Hollywood writer, best-selling author, producer extraordinaire, and executive, having written for such famed television shows as Law and Order and numerous movies, and currently she has two TV shows on OWN, the Oprah Winfrey Network. Welcome, Courtney, to Real Values, Real News. Thank you so much, Dr. Uh, Tyra. Um, I'm, it's a pleasure to be here. Wonderful. It's so wonderful to have you here in the studio. Because ladies and gentlemen, we don't get a lot of people in the studio in Waco, Texas. <laughs> so let's start out with you telling our audience, what are your real, R-E-E-L, values or your philosophy, if you will, as it relates to how you approach your work and your projects? My real, W-R-E-E-L, um, values would just be strong story. I believe everything, whether it's television, scripted, unscripted projects, start with um, strong storytelling and the uh, and the ability to be authentic to approaching storytelling. Storytelling. Um, so that would be a value um, that I feel is significant. Uh, to, you know, to television and film and how I approach it. I, my, the tagline of Lost in Thought Productions is real stories happen here. Um, whether it's within the writing, whether it's in the producing, um, physical and post-production, I'm always looking for real authentic moments and to create a platform of storytelling that's authentically um, the persons. Fantastic. So let's roll back a little bit. Can you share with us how you even got started in writing? Because that's just a fantastic story within itself. And then how you evolved into working in television and film and so on. Well, I actually never saw myself working in Hollywood. 
my dream was always to just write books. Particularly, I wanted to write romance novels. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be the black Jackie Collins Mm -hmm. of my time. Uh, That didn't happen because I, I literally was introduced to a little thing known as ghostwriting. Mm-hmm. And I had uh, real relationships and friendships with people. And so I had an opportunity to kind of tell their stories. And I mean, they're really famous people. T- right. Tell everybody I, these famous I, people. I actually <laughs> kind of on accident uh, was approached by um, my mentor um, from back in the day, Elon Harris, who had a specific genre that needed a female voice. Um, and he gave me such opportunities to kind of write and learn from him. Mm-hmm. That's been into one of my college uh, friends, Terrell Owens, mm-hmm. um, wrote uh, one that was interested in writing his autobiography. Um, and and so we got together and helped with, you know, all of his books projects, but particularly the opportunity to kind of write for T.O. was um, instrumental in opening so many doors um, in both television and film to spawn into so many other different athletes that mm-hmm. would approach me to help with their projects. Right. And you said, or at least I've heard you say in other interviews, that he was actually a better basketball player than football. He was. <laughs> Funny story. Um, ironically, when he told me he was going pro, because our our college at the time, UTC, University of Tennessee, Chattanooga, was not really known or, or good at football. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played basketball and the basketball team was so much better um, <laughs> than the football team. So when he was like, I'm going pro um, and I'm moving to California, I was already in California. So I naturally I was like, oh, my God, you're going to be a Laker. Mm-hmm. He was like, no, football, I'm going to be a 49er. <laughs> and, I, and literally I said to him, you play football. You're good. <laughs> um, and so I think when you're talking about real values, One of the other things is I I think my key, uh, one of the keys to my success was just being amendable and open to what God kind of had for me. Mm -hmm. If I had gotten in the way and knew even a a slither of God's plan, I would have objected. Mm. I know that I would have um, because I would have not been able to foresee um, what he had for me. So just kind of being blind um, and having those that kind of blind faith uh, mm-hmm. walked me in and shepherded me into so many wonderful things that I wouldn't have known to have the courage to do mm-hmm. because I never saw. I didn't have that example to do it. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. So what have been you know, some of your triumphs in the industry so far? Um, I would, I always like to say my, one of my greatest experiences was being able to be a writer and producer on, uh, the Emmy award winning series law and order, Mm -hmm. um, as one of my first jobs in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. I think it was kind of a Cinderella story for me with how welcoming the Wolf Films family was to me to be in the, you know, in the midst of greatness, such mm. as Dick Wolf, who is a giant right. um, in television and film, but also someone who is very honest, um, who is not threatened, um, which is which is a 
you know, breath of fresh air, but also very empowering when the people you work for are not threatened by your potential as a writer. Mm -hmm. Um, So that to me has been the most rewarding because it, it taught me to, as I venture out now in establishing my own company, it taught me the values of knowing that I don't have to stifle someone else's success. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not threatened by someone else's success. And right. I can literally pave a way for someone else to do what I do without the fear or threat of competition. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. And so given that, what have been some of your challenges in your career thus far? One of the challenges that I do feel still exists in Hollywood is understanding that everybody, particularly women and particularly women of color and women of in in general just have their own unique stories. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes and oftentimes in any workplace. So I'm noticing women oftentimes get put in boxes. Right. And because we are so resilient and we're so good at so many things doesn't mean that we should be forced to do so many things. Um, We should be allowed to to kind of hone in on our skills and not have to exemplify uh, just so much multitasking (laughs) um, because we can. Right. So I think um, I think I would love for Hollywood to just expand um, their abilities to see us outside of the box mm-hmm. and allow the opportunities more for right. us to experience things outside of the box. Well, given what you just shared, I'm you know going to go down another road with my script right now. But let's talk about Bridgerton. This is uh, my favorite <laughs> show right now on Netflix, but it's almost as what you just said. Shonda Rhimes left ABC to go to Netflix and came up with this or, you know, shepherd, shepherded in this fantastic piece that is allowing us to see, you know, this historical perspective from a black woman's perspective, you know, lens, if you will. Um, is that something that you're, you, you mean? Yes. Not only that is to see the world with the unique voices of the characters Mm -hmm. and not feel like you have to have a, and I hate using this phrase, but most people can identify it with a token person Mm -hmm. to fit a narrative versus allowing characters just to have the diversity and the inclusion of what they are. Mm-hmm. I think Hollywood is is now seeing, and Shonda did that from Grey's Anatomy. True. She was like, mm-hmm. listen, I'm a very character-driven producer. Right. I'm a character-driven writer, and the world looks like this. Versus we have to check a box. I think once once they realize that the People fall in love with the characters right. of stories versus uh, this has to be a black character. Mm-hmm. This has to be a, a Hispanic character. Right. This has women have to look like this. Mm-hmm. And if you're if you're married, then you have to be this. You have to be the you know desperate housewife. Right. If you're you're a single, then you have to be this. So it's literally just allowing character. 
to characters to be based off of people, mm-hmm. real people with real stories mm-hmm. and in complicated stories right. that are ever evolving. I think if we can get more of that and see more of that and have opportunities to showcase more of that, then we'll start to literally get into a space where we start to see ourselves through the lens of mm-hmm. the characters um, from from which some of our favorite television and film projects. So what do you think is the hurdle? Is it capital? Is it lack of access to the decision makers, those who green light projects? What's the hurdle we I, need to I overcome? I think a lot of it is, and I was just having this conversation with, a, with, you know, with another executive. I think a lot of times is people are, are, they're not conscious of looking around the room and seeing, is this true to the story that I'm telling? Mm-hmm. If you have a, a bunch of men over 40 um, as the writers and the mm-hmm. producers of a female-driven show, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Not because those men aren't brilliant writers, but because they're not true to the stories that are being told. Right. Um, men and women um, people of color, it's not that you necessarily see color as much as you don't really identify with the culture mm-hmm. um, or your limited view of culture mm-hmm. um, doesn't necessarily qualify you to be the first person to tell the story. Right. Um, I And I use myself as an example. If you put me in a writer's room and the story is about a hockey player I, or a hockey team, mm-hmm. I'm completely out of my element. Not that I'm not a brilliant writer. I absolutely am. I know nothing about hockey. I have no interest and desire to play hockey. I don't know the skill set that it takes. Like, I am not versed to tell that story in a true and authentic way. Right. And I think that translates to the film um, and, and that translates to the project. So my my thing is... If you're looking around your writer's room and you don't see the representation of the story and the characters that you're trying to um, portray, then that's a problem. Mm -hmm. And most people don't look around the room and see the problem because they're only seeing themselves as the solution and their ability to tell a story that they actually can't tell. Right. And that's crossing over, as we all can see now, into advertising, storytelling, and uh, messaging, marketing, et cetera, et cetera. We need inclusion in the We rooms. need more inclusion. <laughs> in the decision-making. Well, and, and it's just true in, in how are you viewing... We were watching um, a commercial. My daughter and I were watching a commercial. And the funny thing is we now watch commercials to say... Wonder what this would be like if you turn this on its head and put black people there. Right. Um, and we get the biggest kick on it. Mm-hmm. Um, in some of my favorite commercials, I just imagine if the p- characters were black in that same situation, um, because the reactions are just going to be different. <laughs> right. The culture is different. Mm-hmm. And those differences are what makes it unique versus uh, looking at it from the lens of, you're, you exclude it. It's just conversations will be different. Mm-hmm. There will be a lot more flavor sometimes. 
on both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, if we started to literally pay attention to not necessarily less pay less attention to color and more attention to culture and then just be inclusive from that standpoint. There's a fabulous Geico commercial that they run during Halloween. I don't know if you've seen it where the group of young people just run towards the danger, mm-hmm. right? The Mike, um, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street. Gentleman, right. And they keep running towards him. And, you know, they cut to the Nightmare on Elm Street guy. Just he's shaking Michael. his head like, <laughs> what's wrong with them? You know, like Ready. you just said, if you flipped it and if it mm-hmm. was a group of black and brown young people, folks would have jumped in that running car at the beginning of the spot. <laughs> right. You know, it's just a whole a whole different perspective. Like there's a progressive commercial right now and mm-hmm. there's a series of these commercials and it doesn't matter who the people are because mm-hmm. the gist of the story is, which is why I always say it starts with story first. Mm-hmm. Don't turn into your parent. Um, (laughs) And and my daughter makes fun of me all the time because I can relate to so many, especially the throw pillow Mm -hmm. commercial Mm -hmm. where they're like, if there's so many pillows on and you can't sit, there are too many. (laughs) Um, And so it just makes anyone who has a pillow fetish like me literally look around the house and say, you can't sit there because of my pillows. So it's it's those kinds of things that I wish. And I think we're getting better at Mm -hmm. it. But I wish that really people started with authentic stories, then cast appropriately, mm-hmm. and then staff appropriately. Right. Because right. if those things happen and you can really delve into, here's the story that I'm going to tell, mm-hmm. and then literally cast and staff appropriately, um, we'd have so much more enjoyable content because it is a shared experience. Mm -hmm. The reason people love Bridgeton so much is they literally are not paying as much attention to the Queens, although historically that's factual. Mm -hmm. Um, They're paying attention to the fact that these are love stories and this is a complicated story Mm -hmm. and gossip rags started from way back when. Mm -hmm. And so there's a sense of relatability Mm -hmm. that we all relate to. And then you start to pay attention to, oh, there were black queens. (laughs) Oh, and people got along and oh, okay. So then you start to get into situations and then you start paying attention to stuff. Versus it being the other way around. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. So let's talk about projects that you're doing now and what you're excited about. And you mentioned your beautiful daughter who's in studio (laughs) with us. And I do believe you have a project with your daughter as well. So tell us what you're doing now. You know, when you're talking again about real values and and real news, uh, oftentimes I tend to write from a place of honesty and what's happening within me. And a lot of my, some of my greatest ideas come from my daughter who, who is not necessarily interested in entertainment as a profession, Mm -hmm. but she's really good at making me examine um, what's on television. And as we um, together just even coexist and are forging our relationships in real life and in real time, um, so many things that we discuss, literally my creative mind is like, oh, that'd be a good TV show. (laughs) 
Or she challenges me as a creator to say, why don't I see this? Which is why, you know, if more creatives paid attention to their nieces, their nephews, the situations that they're going through, that makes these things so relatable. Um, You'd also have stronger, authentic story. But to segue to a project that is literally the brainchild of my daughter, um, that was important to her to see the mother-daughter dynamic unfold on TV, it's because most of the complicated relationships are Mm one-sided. Either there's a smotherly love type of situation or there's an estranged situation. And so we, she didn't see a representation of, well, how do you become friends with your parents Mm. when it's hard for your parents to make the transition between daughter and child Mm -hmm. um, when you're at that sensitive age of 16 and they don't see you as human. (laughs) Um, They only see you as mom. Mm-hmm. And and so just kind of having honest conversations and dealing with conflict within our own relationship to wanting to put something out here that is indicative of wanting to know how other people do it, particularly how celebrities do it. Okay. And so it was tentatively titled Like Mother, Like Daughter. But now the title is is it might be changing mm-hmm. um, to Mother Knows Best, which is oh. always true. Uh, <laughs> but it literally came from a conversation between my daughter and I during a very difficult time in my life when I was dealing with a breakup and I knew she was watching me. And from that watching, I was in a broken place. So I was uncertain of what she was seeing. And how she was dealing with me deal with that when I still had to parent. And as she was scooting into the teenage age, I was very conscious to ask her questions on how this heartbreak and how is she handling it as well Mm -hmm. and kind of becoming vulnerable in a way that was uncomfortable, but was very opening for her to become comfortable in knowing women break as well. Mm -hmm. And if we're open and we're fluid and we're talking that we can build each other up and be better. And so from that, but it was rocky, it was (laughs) rocky, but it became okay to not be okay. It also became a place of wanting Callie to know that Yes, mom is strong, but I'm still real. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't have a superwoman kind of strength. I don't want any woman, especially one I'm raising, to feel like you have to be superwoman. No, right. take that cape off. That's an illusion. Mm-hmm. You can't fly. Like, no, none of that. You are real. Mm-hmm. You can be fragile and you can be okay with your fragileness. Right. Um, and what does this look like to you? And let's have a conversation and hopefully you'll make better choices. And I'm okay with that too. I'm not your competition. So we were starting to examine all the negativity of mother-daughter duos and getting to a place where we're determining what we want that to look like. And even when we fall and we fall short of that, how can we build on when we make the transition from mom to just daughter and then from mom, daughter to friend? Mm -hmm. 
how can we do that in a healthy way that works for us? Okay. Because, and you know, I even ask you yeah. about your mother-daughter mm-hmm. relationship. And as I look at my own mother, you know, my relationship with my own mom and wanting to forge a better path and, and relationship with her, it's just really examining those tools and having hopefully a a, a brilliant show that sheds light on the complicated relationships of parents and children. Right. Um, but to get to a kind of happily ever after, or at least a sane place. <laughs> Wonderful. And Kelly, what do you think? Because isn't this going to be on own? Is that correct? Hopefully. Or? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully we're still in come some of the pre-production ironing out the kinks. We're doing it with a really good friend of mine, a producer extraordinaire, um, Carlos King. So we're at the beginning phases of um, landing a home, but the premises is solid because my show Behind Every Man is on own. It's just a natural place to have these kinds of conversations. And they're an extraordinary network that allows for that. Mm -hmm. Um, Those examination kind of shows, uh, they're not necessarily the highest rating shows, but they're the greatest filler shows because they dig deep into relationships. Um, And so, yeah, hopefully, knock on wood, if that's God's will, that's where it'll land. But if not, it will be somewhere extraordinary. Um, and this will be for Callie's first EP uh, <laughs> credit and paycheck. So, uh, yeah. So what do you think, um, Callie, Miss Executive Producer <laughs> EP? <laughs> I think that when I first, when my mom first brought me the idea of mother like daughter or like mother like daughter. Yeah. Yes. I figured there's nothing really on TV like this. Right. Take something and. You produce it and it becomes almost a reality show. And I didn't really want that. It was mm-hmm. more like you need to have a real conversation, like real life. Mm-hmm. And so seeing our relationship and having those conversations, it was kind of like, yeah, you definitely need to see this on TV. You need to see a format like this, authentically mm-hmm. you. And so with that, I think on television, this would be really good for kids my age or mm-hmm. a little bit older to see. Fantastic. I love that. That is great. What else would you like to see on TV? Um, anything that I don't see right now. I love cooking shows. Mm-hmm. There's so many of them, but um, or like right now there's Law and Order, but and there's a whole bunch of other crime shows. But my mom is working on this thing called Heavenly Hope. Mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I do not see. I haven't seen anything like that. I've seen mm-hmm. versions, but not really of that crime component and that godly component. Mm-hmm. And that is something that I'm very proud of her <laughs> with and kind of helping with. On that. Yeah, it's, it's a modern day. Heavenly Hope is a scripted um, modern day highway to heaven. Mm-hmm. And so uh, clearly that was way before Callie's time and practically way before my time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was a, her age when 
shows like that 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 combined um, your your faith walk, right? As by well an as your touched mm-hmm. by an angel. So she was asking for something like that. Mm-hmm. Like she was like, when I'm in situations and my situations, you keep telling me are rooted in godly integrity and faith. I don't see those things p- kind of play out in in on on TV right, right. now. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. I said to her, I was like, well, once upon a time there was there was Amen as a comedy, right? Loved there Amen. was heaven, you know, Highway to Heaven with Michael Landon. Uh, there were all these shows that represented that. Mm-hmm. And so I asked Callie, I was like, what would that look like? And um, and so after just studying those shows. Um, we came up with something called Heavenly Hope. Um, and I'm using real life situations that Callie has been in um, or, you know, people that we know have been in those scenarios. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be led by a teenager who is who has lost their father mm-hmm. and the father comes back to kind of spearhead right decisions amidst so many wrong mm-hmm. choices. Because okay. One of the things that we talk about is. I don't define her by her mistakes. So we won't let, we don't, but we also don't want her mistakes to define who she is. Fantastic. This is exciting. So does that particular show have a home yet? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) I was kind of just kind of throwing it out there because I don't see you guys talk about it and there's nothing really that for my generation like that on TV right now, mm-hmm. like everything, they're so reality star based and rapper based. And mm-hmm. we have so many shows like that, but I don't see really anything that incorporates God right now. Right. Like crystals. And I don't, I don't, I'm not fooling with that. So mm-hmm. just to see something like that for me, and I know there are thousands of other people that want to see that kind of stuff. Right. So, yeah, no, that's great. You know, I'm personally working on, something that shows black love relationships mm-hmm. right in a healthy way because we never see black and brown couples married in a in a positive light mm-hmm. right we always see them married in a negative light and then it goes down some hole of Every stereotype that's out there of either black women and or black men. And I just think, you know, for you, Callie, and your generation, you know, like I had my parents as my role model. We still need something, though, Mm -hmm. in the media that shows black love. And I know, you know. There, there was is. a show yeah. <laughs> on OWN called Black Love, but it was more reality-based. Right. We're talking about, you know, storytelling-based, yeah. just seeing healthy, loving relationships. Yeah, I think that's They really exist. Good. Yeah, they do exist. And <laughs> they it's really not exist. an anomaly. Right. You know, and, and we, you know, a, a mentee of mine and I were talking, and I was like, you know, it's 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 sad that it's, it's not viewed as normal mm-hmm. when it is very normal. Right. Everyone I know, everyone Callie sees comes from real parents, mm-hmm. real couples. Like right. that's not an anomaly. And I, I'm glad that you're working on something like that because it, we should shape the narrative of our truth. Like, you know, some of the, the, the um, deception of 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 this industry is that all 
roads lead back to the projects. And I was like, I've been raised in the suburbs right. my entire life. Exactly. We're not first generation <laughs> college. That mm-hmm. was the expectation. Mm-hmm. We do belong to social clubs. We are exactly like you. Right. Um, and our family values, though uh different, there no one talks about um if 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 white people are single parents Mm -hmm. like there is no such thing as white on white white crime Mm -hmm. why do we have these buzzwords that we also as a culture and community feed into exactly that are not necessarily normal it is not normal there those things are not normal Mm -hmm. family is normal exactly we are a culture and a community that thrive and literally live for our culture Mm -hmm. and community Mm -hmm. and we're rooted in family right so it's not just church family it's just community family right and we have extended families and we're welcoming to that Mm -hmm. so we need stronger representation of that but we also need to change the conversations to say we do talk to our daughters and the stereotypes that exist spin those things on their head to Mm -hmm. say no no like i everybody i know is a strong loving in a strong loving relationship 10 plus years right if not 20 plus (laughs) plus years yeah um yeah and forging that kind of path between our faith, our family, and our futures. Mm-hmm. Because I just think if we see more positive images, especially for our young black and brown girls, they will inherently think differently about themselves, so, right? Absolutely. In terms of their self-esteem and empowerment. So I'm working on that. <laughs> it sounds good. And with reg- with respect to Heavenly Hope, the, the first step was to write the pilot script and pilot scripts are always hard. So that's just finished and that I am making my rounds as we speak and, and knock on what I have so many open doors to Hollywood. So it's a little easier for me to pitch mm-hmm. um, than it was like 10 years ago. Now Fantastic. I can take ideas in and they're like, what else you got? What else you yeah. got? Versus beating down the door. Mm-hmm. So that is a positive in Hollywood that I would say God has really blessed me with is the ability to get things in front or green light it myself. Beautiful. Yes. Beautiful. So now we're going to head into the real values, <laughs> real news speed round. Okay. All right. Are you ready, Courtney? Ooh. So, <laughs> All right. Here we go. What is the climate in Hollywood right now? Hot. What does Hollywood do well? Inclusion. What could Hollywood do better? Inclusion. And what do you want your ideal contribution in Hollywood to be? Authenticity. To tell authentic stories, provide authentic opportunities, and shape authentic experiences. Fantastic. Is there anything else you want to... We're at the end of, you know, our interview. Is there anything else you want to share? The second half of the first season of Behind Every Man is on OWN tonight, Saturday, (laughs) February 6th at 7 p.m. Check your local (laughs) listings. But if you're around and watching television tonight and you need something positive, you should watch Behind Every Man on OWN. And it is phenomenal stories about women behind every great man. Fantastic. And with that, thank you so much, Courtney. Thank Thank you, Callie, for being with us on Real Values, Real News. (laughs) Thank you. 
And that's it for today's episode of Real Values, Real News. Many thanks to our sponsors, TFNB, Your Bank for Life, AARP Florida, Creative, Waco, Marie's, and the G.B. Lindsay Family Charitable Fund. I am Dr. Tyra Lindsay Warren, and it has been a pleasure to be here with you. And thank you for listening. Please join us again for our next episode. And always remember to let your light shine.